Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This will be for Jeremiah chapter 30. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Remember that they do return after 70 years um, to, to the Israel area and, to, and Jerusalem. Uh, this may also have to do with a premillennial or postmillennial uh, prophecy also about the fact that they're returning both Judah and Israel. Verse 4, And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off his neck, or off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him, or enslave or exploit him. Chapters 30 to 33 deal with the prophet's predictions of the restoration of Israel and Judah in the last days and of the Lord's making a new and everlasting covenant with them. They have great meaning for Latter-day Saints and should be studied carefully. Ezra Taft Benson spoke of the Latter-day Gathering as having three phases. The gathering of Israel to the land of Zion, the American hemisphere, the return of the ten tribes from the countries of the north, and the reestablishment of the Jews in Palestine as God's chosen people. This miracle of the return of the Jews was to be one of the events to precede Christ's second coming, and the scriptures are very clear with reference to this fact. Isaiah said that they shall gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth and set them up on, up in their own land, that they will build the old waste and repair the waste cities. Jeremiah, who predicted so clearly their dispersion, also states that the Lord will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it and build them as at the first. Jeremiah 30, verse 3, has several meanings. It refers to the return of the Jews after 70 years of captivity in Babylon. It also refers to the restoration of the Jews to their homeland in the last days, after they have been scattered for the second time. I think I said that, didn't I? And it refers to the return of the lost tribes from the land of the north. Note that the Lord will bring them. The yoke spoken of in verse 8 is the yoke of oppression of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Doctrine and Covenant section 113 explains what the bonds are that are spoken of in Jeremiah 30, verse 8. That was out of the Institute Manual. Verse 9, But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, in other words, Jesus Christ, whom I will raise up unto them. Therefore fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar, and thy seed from the land of their captivity, and Jacob shall return, and shall be in rest, and be quiet, and none shall make him afraid. When it says, says I will save thee from afar, that's that other nations that are afar from Israel will be there to help them. And that was when England established uh, Israel as a country. 
Verse 11, For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure, and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. You'll notice that uh, Jews are still identified in various countries uh, throughout the world. Verse 12, For thus saith the Lord, Thy bruise is incurable, although thy wounds are grievous. Is there none to plead thy cause, that thou mayest be bound up? Hast thou no healing medicines? Have all thy lovers forgotten thee? Do they not seek thee? For I have wounded thee, or caused thee to be wounded with the wound of an enemy, that the cha- with the chastisement of a cruel one. For the multitude of thine iniquities, because thy sins are increased. Why criest thou for thine affliction? Is thy sorrow incurable? It was for the multitude of thine iniquities, and because thy sins are increased, I have done these things unto thee. But all they that devour thee shall be devoured, and all thine adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity, and they that spoil thee shall be a spoil, and all they that prey upon thee I will give for a prey. So that was back in beginning in verse 12 through 16. There's lots of changes there from the Joseph Smith translation. Verse 17, For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents, and have mercy on his dwelling places, and the city shall be builded upon her own heap, and the palace shall remain after the manner thereof, and out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of them that make merry, and I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Their children also shall be as aforetime. And their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all that oppress them. And their nobles shall be of of themselves, and their governor shall proceed from the midst of them, and I will cause them to draw near, and he shall approach unto, unto me. For who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me, saith the Lord? And ye shall be my people, and I will be your God." With Behold, the whirlwind of the Lord goeth forth with fury, a continuing whirlwind, it shall fall with pain upon the head of the, of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord shall not return until, I, until he have done it, and until he have performed the intents of his heart in the latter days ye shall consider it. In the last days these prophecies will be fully understood. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who saves. He is Israel's Savior and Redeemer. He does not, however, ignore the sins of his people. The lovers who forgot Israel were the false gods that Jehovah's unfaithful wife Israel sought after. No one came to the rescue but the Lord, who has always loved Israel and who promised, They, the Chaldeans that devour thee, shall be devoured by the Medes and Persians. The Assyrians were destroyed by the Babylonians, the Babylonians by the Medes and Persians, the Egyptians and Persians by the Greeks. All these empires have now vanished, but the, but the Jews still exist as a distinct people. In, in the latter days, Israel will be the Lord's people, and he will be their God, as he desired in the beginning. The Lord promised Israel, in the latter days ye shall consider or fully understand it. Only now, in the last days, as these promises are realized, can one fully understand what Jeremiah and the other prophets were saying. And that was out of the Institute Manual. That's the end of the chapter, and we will see you next time. Bye.